0: Welcome to Damn Fine Commentary, the internet's only Twin Peaks
1: podcast with a real-life Dave and Lynch. In this series, we'll be reviewing and chatting about each of the 18 parts of Twin Peaks Season 3. So as they say in the Black Lodge... Here
0: we are again. I'm Phil Willis.
1: I'm Nav Prasad. I'm Steve Lynch.
0: And we have Dave Blustein join us very shortly to give us his wrap-up of Part 9 Twin Peaks to Return. Can you believe it? We are literally at the halfway point. Is the glass half full or half empty? Where are we with this thing? It's a glass box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's half full of mud.
0: <laughs> it's half full of crazy plasticine creatures. Um, yeah, Garmin Bozier spewing monsters. We've got everything going on, right?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of feeling it's half empty, but that's because I feel like a lot of the threads are being tied together, but we are still none the wiser.
0: I wonder what this thing would would have been like if we only had a, a nine-episode series. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, be, like we, we may well have right done, now. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I don't think... I'm still hungry for more, put it that way.
2: Wait, maybe. Is it possible that when sh- when the negotiations broke down... And we're always, we're always like, wait, how did they actually resolve that? How did they get the money to make the rest? Do you reckon David Lynch just handed in episode
1: eight?
2: Like, <laughs> if you don't give me more money, this is the that's, fucking
0: finale, assholes. Ass- ass- there <laughs> is, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have been the first time that he actually sort of dropped a bomb like that. Anyway, without further ado, let's uh, let's join Dave. Uh, tell us, Dave, what's just going on?
3: Hello, it's Dave. I'm back in the other place. And it's part nine of Twin Peaks Season 3, or Twin Peaks The Return, or as I call it, When Is Good Cooper Coming Back From The Lodge The Drinking Game? At the start of the episode, Bobless Evil Cooper reaches the farm where Chantal and Hutch, played by Jennifer Jason Lee and a hokey Tim Roth, give him weapons and a wet one, which is to say she gives him a kiss, not a baby wipe. Although, to be honest, a baby wipe would really have helped clear up all that fake tan. Evil Coop sends a text, which appears to go to Diane. He also turns out to be the one giving Todd all those black dot orders, telling him to get it done, presumably killing off Dougie Jones, by the next time he calls. Mr. C then tells Hutch to kill off the warden in Buckhorn and to kill off the phone. Hutch doesn't seem to understand how phones work and kills off the phone with a shotgun. I assume he's now going to kill off the warden by dropping him in the toilet. Meanwhile, on Las Vegas Cops, the detectives Fusco interview Bushnell Mullins about Dougie's odd behaviour. Mullins says Dougie was in a car crash and that has had some lingering effects. No shit. The detectives also reveal that there are no records of Dougie before 1997, confirming that he is in fact a fakey McFake face, or uh, who knows, maybe in witness protection, which Smiley thinks is hilarious. So they swipe his coffee cup to swipe his prints, while Janie E finally takes him to the doctor. Meanwhile, that little bit of Cooper still inside, Dougie gets distracted by an American flag, a pair of high-heeled red shoes, and a power socket in the wall. Is he finally coming back? No, everybody drink! In other news, Ike the Spike gets identified by his palm on the gun, not his palm print, his actual palm, leading the brothers Fusco to nab him from his off-strip motel. Tammy and Cole head to Buckhorn, that is to say... Buckhorn, where Lieutenant Knox is checking out the headless corpse of Major Briggs and getting some of that sweet morgue stand-up comedy action. Diane smokes a cigarette where she's not allowed to with the best line in the show, it's a fucking morgue, and gets Mr. C's dinner table text. Detective Dave McClay brings them all up to speed and Albert Rosenfeld finally meets Constance Talbot. Now, I don't know if it was her crappy sardonic jokes or the dim fluorescent lighting or the headless corpse in the room, hashtag romance, but it's clearly love at first sight. This could be the next adorable Twin Peaks power couple like Andy and Punky or James and Donna or Ben Horn and boobs. They learned that Bill Hastings, the school principal, and Ruth Davenport, the librarian, weren't only having an affair, they were having a spectacular website, where they reveal they went into The Zone, what we call the lodges, and met the major. Speaking of Andy and Punky, they're back in Twin Peaks having an adorable argument over furniture. While Johnny Horn goes sprinting around his mama's house and runs headfirst into a wall, he's not sporting the Native American headdress these days, he's wearing a a blue parachute tracksuit. It's still an offensive fashion choice, just not in a racist way. And Bobby Briggs and the rest of the Twin Peaks magic space cops go to Bobby's mum to get a message from Bobby's dad from beyond the grave hidden in in a chair could he have told them 25 years ago no time moves differently in the lodge and tv doesn't work that way later back at the sheriff's office chad is abusing the conference room by using it to eat his lunch and read a magazine chad bobby who seems to be spending a lot of this series trying not to cry and holding up his big boy sheriff pants by the belt buckle shows the others how to open the message from major Briggs. apparently you just chuck it at a wall that's secure and inside there are coordinates um, instructions a time and Briggs's cryptic message he received from the stars, Cooper, Cooper, meaning there are two Coopers. Diane lures Cole over to the dark side by giving her a drag on her jazz cigarette. I don't know if it's actually marijuana, it's just she has a jazz haircut. And Hastings, still holding his head and wailing, is interviewed by Tammy Preston and her whispery voice. He gives the whole story of meeting Briggs, being interrogated by otherworldly beings, and the trip to the Bahamas that he and Ruth are never going to have. Back in Twin Peaks, Ben Horn turns down sexy Beverly while looking for the strange noise in his office, and at the roadhouse, the strung-out Chloe and Ella talk about penguins and zebras, possibly street slang for those drugs that Red's been spreading about the place while scratching their underarm rashes. Maybe they're just allergic to animals. I don't know. Either way, it's nice. That's a weird place to end a recap, but it's no weirder than shooting a phone with a shotgun, nor Jerry Horn getting into a fight with his own left foot that speaks like a tree arm.
0: So that's it for part nine. There we go. Another one of these quite uh, procedural, fairly, I'm going to use... Air quotes, easy to understand episodes here. There's not too much mystery and lore in here. We Just t- more like a lot of crime solving and detective Yeah, but we record.
1: totally needed that after last week. Yes.
0: Oh, for real. Yeah. Palate cleanser, oh.
1: I think they call oh, it. delightful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was your bouche amused? <laughs> you're so, you're yes. so fancy. But mm. yeah,
2: it, was, it, it followed on from episode seven very nicely.
1: Again, an episode which had a lot of exposition in it, and I think we probably talked a, a couple of episodes ago about whether there was too much exposition and i think we kind of got to happy place on that but i think there was a heap of exposition this time around yeah,
0: yeah. imagine if for whatever reason they reordered the thing and you had episode 7 and episode 9 back to back you would just be that be you wouldn't be disappointed but you would be it wouldn't have the same impact as having a straightforward episode complete counterpoint with this batshit crazy uh, avant-garde just absolutely artistic uh, monstrosity right in the middle with symbolism and lore and mythology and the occult and everything else in it and then just Alright, so who's getting the fingerprints now? Yeah. They've yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So got a lot of the um that real goofiness of Twin Peaks back though. So not just the delightful stuff with Lucy and Andy, but that the way that they focus on that guy with the crazy laugh is
1: uh, <laughs> in the police oh, God. station. Smiley yeah,
2: yeah, and then um, and then later in the episode when we've got that awesome bit of silence between uh, Gordon Cole and <laughs> Diane. Basically, Gordon Cole is just. I fucking Diane cigarette yeah. while Christabel Bell sits there giving in a masterclass of how to not act. Oh
1: my god, we, we, <laughs> we, 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 we will come back well, to that's
2: that. It. My proposal for
0: this one only just because the in order to in our know, sort of like pre-analysis of what was going on because this is a fairly straightforward episode. Instead of doing what Lynch has done for a lot of these things, which is he'll remain in one scene or one location or one uh, position for a long time and then switch, he's actually kind of done the opposite, is we've got multiple stories, I want to say at least three or four or five stories going on, in multiple locations, but in order to keep the interest going, he's actually just switched between, okay, now we're at the farm, now we're on a jet, now we're in Las Vegas, now we're in Buckhorn, now we're in Twin Peaks, and switched around. So my suggestion is that we probably let's probably... Well, let's just take it, what's going on at the farm, we'll take with Cooper and the farm... Follow that to its conclusion and then go on to the other aspect. Which
1: I presume is the farm that mm. he that Bagkeep was referring to when he was talking to Ray last yeah. week.
0: Well it doesn't explain why Ray the isn't there but, there,
1: but yeah.
0: maybe it's a it's a farm. Well but Ray <laughs>
2: Cunning Ray threw him off the scent by saying, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go to the farm and then shot him. So yeah. I'm not surprised that maybe he didn't go to where the he farm planned. Right. Um But yeah, what we saw at the farm was Tim Motherfucking Ross. Yeah. Double yeah. denim. Yeah, yeah.
1: Rocking it like it was, like, 1978.
0: I love that we've got... Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen The Hateful Eight, but... Yeah. yeah I yeah. love that we've got two Tarantino uh, alumni right there. Jennifer Jason Lee, bang. Tim Roth, yeah. bang. Tim Roth's accent still as terrible as it just, ever was. Oh, <laughs> just <laughs> redneck. <laughs> just, just terrible. <laughs> um, so we finally see... So Cooper gets himself cleaned up. He scrubbed up all right. Mm. Like, he went from... Basically, like a corpse walking. to... Now he's just looking fresh as a daisy. He's had a nice.
2: He's had a shower. Yeah, yeah. He's gone in and dialed up the woodsman, and they've finished yeah. the job. They've, That's you know, exactly right. Done his hair and sort of. Yeah. yeah.
1: Still looks like Tommy Buzo. Yeah. Yes. yes.
0: As he as he should. Yeah. Does this put an end to the rumour that Tim Roth is definitely not going to be Philip Jeffries?
2: Uh well, I think it confirms the rumour that Tim Roth is definitely not going to be Philip Jeffries. Right. Okay. If, you, if you want that level of pedantry, Phil. Right, um, uh, right. um,
0: the lawyer in our midst is uh, pointing him out on a matter of detail there. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But no, it's... I agree. Yeah.
2: No. I, he, so he's the father of, um, what's Jeff or Jason Lee's character? You're the Chantel. Chantel. He's the father of Chantel. He's basically his... Really? You got really... father, did what?
1: you? I didn't get father. I thought he was his father. No, I got husband. I got brother. Well, they- <laughs>
2: wait, who, who wants to make the hillbilly joke? <laughs> uh, yeah. Why not be all three? Yeah,
1: yeah right. Ring a ding,
0: ding, ding. Um, oh, I didn't pick that at all. Okay, so I
1: certainly didn't pick father. Okay,
0: so I was dubious about husband because he just <laughs> says, "Like, come on, sweetheart, give him a big wet one."
1: <laughs> but I just thought that was some kind of you know these guys are totally badass and, and, and amoral.
0: Right. That's what yeah. 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 i are Yeah, fair enough.
1: But, um, but that, so. that might say more about me than it says about me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, well, I'll tell you, there was some very interesting information that came out of the farm, though. Once poor old Cooper gets his puppies and grits or whatever he gets, what does he get? Cheetos out of
1: the back pocket. Well, he Cheetos mm. out
0: of the back pocket. He says, like, um, oh, I need something to replace this. He says, I'll fix you up with some puppies and scones or something. Or whatever he says. Oh, I... I think that's code for guns. Uh, but then he actually sends some other coded message. Around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. Indeed. Yeah. And we don't get a sense of, like, who is sending that nope. to, but we do know who receives it at
2: some point. Well, well we, can talk we about know about who, that. who receives some of the words. Right.
1: Or all of the words, but not necessarily... As I de- looked as ...looking as typed. yes. Yes. Mm. yes. We'll get to we'll that. We'll come back to that, that.
0: Right, very good. Um, we now know that Warden Murphy has got a contract on his head. And finally, I think these guys are the guys to do it. Hutch... And Chantel, Chantel are definitely going to be able to pull. Yeah, there
1: he's there. I think these are Bad Coop's go-to people. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Do it at right, home. you know,
1: Chantel cleaned up the room after Bad Coop killed yeah, Daria. Yeah.
0: These are like these are the Plan B the, again. Again with Cooper, why does he pick the most adept people at getting the job done as the Plan B <laughs> instead of using it as a Plan A right from the start? So you've anyway. never
2: heard of interns?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got to give these people a it's shot. A succession she,
1: she planning. Us, yeah, yeah, man.
0: Yeah. So. Um,
1: so yeah, but but we also know that uh, once Hutch uh, is done with Warden Murphy, which is who he has to kill within two days, at home, at work, or in between. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's got to go and do a double header in Vegas.
0: I like he's he's giving you a certain amount of you know autonomy in the in the work here. It's not just about he's earned orders, it. Hutch has
1: earned it.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> do
1: it how you like?
2: That's right. Which would be very weird if it was the other one who's was like, I want him dead, but make sure you do it in his house. Yes, only in his house. I don't want a work cover investigation. <laughs> oh,
1: my God, you were That's such right. a lawyer to know. I tonight. am, I'm in
2: my lawyer mood.
0: Yeah. Don't you understand how many police officers there are with guns at his <laughs> work? <laughs> do at his home. Yeah. So um, I think that probably covers just about all the stuff that happens at the farm. My big thing was, I mean, obviously the big thing for me was that I didn't understand why Ray was not at that farm. It either means that maybe Ray thought the farm was the place where um, Bueller and Otis were. Like, maybe that is the farm, or a farm, or maybe it's a different farm. Or maybe it was just a plan B, again, because he, pick he picked up a red bandana just as if to say, like, look, wherever you thought you were going to go, just follow the red bandana and you'll be following Well, what back. we
1: know, though, is that Ray had a phone call after he shot Bad Coop. Mm. So it's quite possible that he's gone to rendezvous with whomever yeah. that is, who I guess people are speculating is Philip Jeffries.
2: Yeah. But also didn't, am I, am I right in saying that he didn't mention the farm on the phone to Philip Jeffries, didn't do anything. The only time no. he, the only time Ray mentioned the farm was when he was saying to the guy who he was planning to shoot in a few minutes' time, yeah, that's where we're going to go, the farm.
0: Oh, so, right.
2: No, so it, was, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that where he had no intention of going to the farm once he right. shot. Well,
1: um, and also right. because Bad Coop said to him, I presume, or something on the lines of, I presume, we're going to that place that you call the farm. Right. Which yeah. may not literally be a farm. Right, right. Because what we know is that Hutch and Chantel have murdered the owners, who were casually slumped over each other, of yep. the farm where they all ended up running. You mean they
0: weren't just sleeping? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're, very, you're very Pollyanna about these things, are No, aren't no, you? I'm
0: not, no. Um, the... Um, my understanding was that he... My remembrance was that he spoke to Philip Jeffries, inverted commas, and said, um, look, I'm not 100% sure. I shot Cooper, but he seemed like he had some help. Either way, we're both going to the farm, so I'll sort it out there either way. like It made it sound like that he knew he was going to meet him up with him at some point in the future. So, mm.
2: um, One thing that I did see somewhere on the wonderful world of the internet is... I love that you the, bring the internet to us. Thank you. Um, it's Someone suggested that we're hearing... Philip, 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 over and over again, and it could well be Philip Gerard that he's speaking to.
1: Well, yes, and I. So
2: obviously we've got Mike in yeah. the in the Black Lodge itself, but Philip Gerard.
1: I'm totally it, open to that. Exists? Yes, yeah, I'm
0: totally open. That, to that. wow, because it makes sense. Because number one, the actor's in play, mm. so there's no funny business there. Number two, do we get a uh, send? Well, I don't think we can get a read on the voice that it might be him, but yeah.
2: Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I'll I'll I will put it down now, put it on the record that I think it is Philip Jeffries. I I think, uh, that maybe, uh, us overthinking it to try and say, oh, maybe it could be this, but because it does link in with the phone call that Bad Coop got earlier. Um, so the, the Philip Jeffries has definitely been established as the, the, the missing link, um,
1: I think it'd be disappointing if it wasn't Philip Jeffries. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I don't think it'd be, oh, that's a clever twist.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we're it's not t- dying to know what the shoe salesman's up to. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, which probably takes us to um, the Mile High Club uh, when we're on this, the most expensive trip of 300 Seriously, miles. Seriously,
1: the US taxpayer is funding a whole lot of private air miles here.
0: I know. For For even, like, for Diane, who's not even, she's not even an employee of the... FBI, as best we know. Anyway, so there's a grand total of uh, four investigators, our intrepid team. They've literally just left Yankton.
2: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I, I actually was going four? There's not four. There's not four. And then I counted them up and realised I'd been forgetting about Tammy. <laughs> and then my brain immediately going, don't No, actually, up. I was right first time yeah, round, There right. aren't there's four that. investigators. <laughs> yes. We've got three investigators of, and, uh, and I, Tammy. I, and I think
1: out of, the, out of the four of us, um, there's only one fan of Tammy in this. You've
0: got to have interns. What did you guys say? You've got a chance. Come on, <laughs> chance. Um, yeah. So, well, we get two very important phone calls uh, and a blocked text message uh, on the flight. Yeah. One of them comes from the Pentagon,
1: right? Yeah, from Colonel yeah. Davis. Mm. So that was, I presume, the phone call that Colonel Davis said to Lieutenant Knox that he was going to have to make.
0: Oh yeah, right. once she
1: reported that this was Gar- this was Garland Briggs's body.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I've got to make that phone call. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this is the wonderful moment where we now can just imagine what it would have sounded like in Gordon Cole's deaf little ears that he thinks an army guy has just called him a fuckhole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate your language. Uh, I'd love to start calling people fuckhorn. I feel like that is a very offensive name to call someone Don't
1: be a Chad and fuckhorn. Come on, Chad. (laughs)
0: Fuckhorn. Get your dinner and get out of here. Um, Yeah, so that was one of the calls. So obviously they sort of reroute the plane to...
1: Yeah, and interestingly, it's just as Cole says, Buckhorn, Buckhorn, South Dakota, that Diane wakes up from napping. Yeah, right. Ah, okay. So something has... I can't, I'm not going to, given it's Lynch, I'm not going to assume that it was a coincidence that she happened to wake up just at that point in time.
2: I was just
0: assuming it's because he's saying, Buckhorn, South Dakota, capital M, small K. I I can't spell
2: (laughs) Knox, but I'm doing my best. (laughs) I just wish they'd, they'd say... Just take us over the top of it and give us some parachutes. And then they <laughs> just jump the fuck out of the plane. And Tammy's um,
1: parachute doesn't open? Uh,
2: if only.
0: You guys are the worst. After the first phone call, Diane checks her phone for messages. Yep. Before she knows Cooper has flown the coop, as, as Gordon mm-hmm. Cole says, in my mind, in my, my first recollection of this, um, she hears, oh, Cooper's flown the coop. And then she quickly goes. Oh, better check my phone. Check the messages. Now that di- that didn't happen, she checked the messages or tried to check her phone before she heard that news. So that may. But may after not, she'd
1: heard Buckhorn, though.
0: After she'd heard Buckhorn, yep. but before she'd heard yep. Yankton and that Cooper was on yep. the loose, Dirty Cooper, Mister C was on the loose. Uh, that may affect how we feel her involvement with Mister C is. Well, later on.
1: the other thing also is that you know when Cole is basically. I don't even know why he's trying to persuade Diane to make the stop and buck on because he's the one who's directing where this plane is going. Yeah. But he <laughs> says to Diane it involves, uh, you know, it'll be this case will be of interest to her and Diane asks if it's a Blue Rose case.
0: Yeah. So she knows. She's heard all the tape. She knows. Yeah. There must be some part of her that's a little bit interested in what's going on.
2: But aren't we m- missing um, one of the big theories that's been going around and that is that maybe Diane ain't a good guy and that's... That seems That's like there's totally, a very good, yeah. very good chance. I mean, she's receiving a text from Bad Cooper. I know. This
1: uh, I desperately want to believe that there is some good left in this world, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and it's in the form of Diane. But it's entirely plausible. It's double Diane. It's not even mean, the, the real Diane. Your, Diane, the
2: real Diane is inside the <laughs> black lodge. Oh Wow. Oh, oh, re-
1: seriously, but I mean,
2: it, it, and that would tie up to to your theory before now, where you said if if she's Woken up or yeah. perked up at the the yeah. sound of Buckwood. That she already knows or she all kno- this. Stuff.
1: Well, I think what we can definitely infer is that she knows more than what than we thought two episodes ago.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And that she somehow uh she's enmeshed in this in ways that we did not understand. And we had we had our own readings about because it's not explicit. We had our own readings about what did that meeting with Mister C look like? Yeah, yeah. It was at her house. Was there a sexual assault? What was was going on? But but then was it a one-off or was it a continuing relationship or a continuing uh, connection? To me, that is of the. There are things that we know that the characters don't know. But the most interesting thing for me is what does Diane know that we don't know Mm. yet? I feel like that's the big reveal we've yet
1: to see. Yeah, it's a really actually, it's a very good way of expressing it. And something
2: else that I've seen is. Uh, and kudos to Reddit user Laughing Pinecone for this Oh, theory. so
1: good of you to give kudos. Good of
2: giving a shout out. Laughing Pinecone, yeah, um, well uh, thanks, mate. Uh, he or she has a theory that perhaps Gordon Cole could be evil.
1: Yeah, I've read this one too. Now,
2: obviously, it's, it's all rampant speculation at this stage, but. Whereas what, you spotted makes, a couple. Of...
1: What makes raging pinecone think that? So Sorry.
2: had 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 the theory for a while. Just I think generally the same sort of suspicions we've got about dying that there's more to this than meets the eye. Yeah. And maybe it's yeah. Maybe maybe it's we're just assuming that it's good when in fact it could be the other way. But um, a few little tidbits like the fact that from uh, the secret history of Twin Peaks establishes that Gordon Cole was offsided to Richard Nixon.
1: Yes. Oh. oh well, and, that'd make anyone a bad dude. Well, that's yeah.
2: right. And those, uh, particularly considering Mark Frost has always worn his politics on his sleeve. Yeah, very with right a so. With don't trust the government sort of yeah. um, feel. Uh, Him and Jacoby. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, and, of course, the, the, the other things that we've been seeing over the last couple of episodes. So the atomic explosion, mm. the crew, the the corn yep. uh, cob... Maybe that indicates someone who doesn't just know about the lodges, but yeah, someone who's got yeah. more involvement in a shady way that we don't know about.
1: I'm going to I'm going to reserve judgment on that theory.
2: Yep,
0: that yep. would be an incredible twist. Imagine that because we've got this guy who is like an incredible. Um, straight up and down law man I mean it's not that it's, he doesn't have his past but he seems to be like he's on the up and up he's the right guy and he's, he's sort of a straight shooter and all that sort of stuff and a boy scout and he's giving him a thumbs up and that to think that he is somehow aligned with the, with Bad bad Coop or the forces of the yeah. Black Lodge or whatever that would be phenomenal yeah. Well, and well, I think
1: what's really interesting in all of this is that probably more so than any other TV show that I can think of with maybe the exception of Lost but I think probably even more so is that viewers are absolutely second-guessing everything that is mm. taking place in yeah, the show. Totally. Yeah. Like, no-one is taking anything at face value anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. In a way that probably the last time I probably saw that was like with Game of Thrones, where you couldn't even be guaranteed that a main staple character would even be alive mm. in the next episode.
1: And what I'm or struggling... Sopranos, with,
0: like, for the same, same sort of reason. And yeah.
1: what I'm struggling with, and, of course, I've made the mistake, I've gone down the Lynchian, the Steve Lynchian path. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to the internet. Um... <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm actually going to have to start pulling back because I've, I feel like I'm becoming desensitised to these moments of wonder that, was started, you know, that Lynch is putting into the show because every time I see something, I'm like, hmm. But that could mean X or yes. it could mean Y or it could mean Z.
0: If every time you expect a twist... Then finally, when it is a twist, you think, oh, well, It'll just be a massive anticlimax." Yeah. so. Gordon Cole's been dead the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: I guess if you're feeling like me, just stay away from the internet for a couple <laughs> of weeks. Just, just
0: get your fix from me. That's <laughs> right. I'll, I'll filter everything for you. Yeah, All right. So if we're leaving the internet, we're leaving the FBI, we should probably head to Las Vegas. We'll
1: yeah, some, totally.
0: We would get some great uh, some great scenes here by the, uh, the three detectives Fusco. Fusco, Fusco and Fusco. Oh, yeah, that's man. not a law firm, I've never heard one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go to the Fuscos, uh, we should just quickly mention Bad Coopers had a call his uh, mate, Duncan Todd.
0: Oh, yes, he does. He says, uh, oh, that was like back on the farm, right? He says... Um, yeah,
1: he did. I and mean, I guess the only thing that's worth mentioning in that is that whatever it is that Todd has got to do, yeah. that he hasn't done yet, mm. yeah. he's got to do it the next by the time that... Bad coop calls again,
2: oh, and, yeah. and I would think that's surely got to be killing good coop and killing Dougie. Um, well,
1: unless Dougie and Janie E are the double header.
0: I presume the double header was if he can't get this right, the double header is Duncan Todd and Dougie. Yeah,
2: well, that, that was that was what I had wondered, but
0: yeah, but it's enti- we, but
1: it's entirely possible because we saw
0: it before with Janice or Janine or whatever her name Janie. Was. Yeah. No, no, no. no um,
1: the <laughs> Jade give two rights no no <laughs> sorry the, I just wanted the,
0: the to temp say. agent um, Lorraine. Oh, Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine 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 the, uh, the person who
2: couldn't organise it. yeah well that was a double header. <laughs> she got two in the head that's yeah, exactly right, right. Um, well no no
1: the only I mean uh, there's a possibility that it is Dougie and Janie E and the reason why I think that is a couple of episodes ago or a couple of we were talking about whether Janie E is actually also manufactured so oh. her pur- if her, if there's no Dougie then she actually doesn't need to exist
2: yeah I I still – I'm still clinging on to the idea m- that it, Dougie was manufactured and then and the marriage has occurred after that it, 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 because we did get a few more um, hints about um, how long – at least how long Dougie's been working yeah, for a yeah, job. Yeah. So you were starting to say, okay, well, if he's been there, I think they said 12 years. Yep. So that's already at a stage where um, – He's been he's been in existence for at least the, yeah, the yeah. lifetime of Sunny Jim, etc. Et yeah, yeah. So we know he's got some years on the on the clock. So I think but what also we he doesn't
0: have an infinite number of years. We doesn't have this full number of years because there's nothing prior to 1997.
2: 1997.
0: 1997 so right. there's no there's no birth certificate. There's no you know records or education records or any of that stuff before then. So we can now at least triangulate or create a window when he might have appeared or been created. I'm still with the theory that. Janie E is just a empathetic, you know, yeah. a doctor She's, of lost just, dogs. And just, that's right. He's just pulled her, pulled this guy under a wing. They've had a kid together, and that they're completely normal people that are just, just aware that this guy's a bit of a weirdo, but he's mm. he's fine in all other, most other
1: respects. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I think what we all know is well, what we're all agreed on, at least, is that one of the hits, whether it's Duncan Todd, that issue to Duncan Todd or to Hutch, yeah. is Dougie's Dougie's on the list. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Dougie's always been on the list. Yeah, he just keeps, needs he just keeps dodging 91. it. He ducks a bullet, literally ducks a bullet when he drops the key in the car. With yeah. Jade gives mm-hmm. two rides. Uh, he's missed a car bomb. He's missed, uh, you know. And Bushnell, I point that Bushnell Mullins money. It's just like at Bushnell, without I notice sort of he's clenching his fist and he, he really wants to start punching and boxing. Yeah, you know, yeah. really wants to start fighting. He just says to these guys, "You know what? His car blew up. Someone just tried to kill him." And then just kind of left it at that as if to say, like, dude, you guys are the detectives. Can't you work this out? Someone is trying to kill him. Why are you guys standing around like a couple of chuckleheads, like three stooges?
1: Figure this stuff out. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the fist, the first thought, of course, is because we know that Bushnell Mullins was a boxer Mm -hmm. in his youth. Mm -hmm. But also that hand sort of fist kind of movement that he makes is not dissimilar to the hand wrenching that Lil did in Firewalk With Me. You know, Lil oh. was wearing the red dress and the blue rose. Oh! The interpretive dancer. Yes, yeah, right.
0: Wow.
1: That's deep. I'm not suggesting there's a connection, it's just... I
0: thought you were going to say it was the, the hand clenching where the... Where he his hand off. The, no, the woods, oh, I was going to say with the woodsman was crushing skulls in... Uh, oh, yeah. In oh, yeah, the well, well,
1: there section. you go. That's, that's also...
2: There you go. Mm. I didn't read too much into that. No. In the, um, um, we did... We backtrack to one call that, mate, could mate. we... Did, we did forget to mention as well that... When the text message came through to Diane on the phone, mm. um, it's gone from lowercase to all sentence
1: caps. case. Sentence mm. case, yeah.
2: sorry, um, and
1: and there's a next, there's a comma. There's
2: a comma. So either either the phone system is punctuating bad bits, uh, <laughs> or his, or yeah. he's or someone's taking dictation. There's exactly yeah, right. and and
1: Diane is someone is taking dictation and yeah. sending messages to Diane.
2: That'd be at first like that's
0: like normally Diane's the one. Diane, take a, take a note. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think we no one would have been as likely to notice that if they hadn't been fixated on just like, Oh my god, you've got one of those fucking old phones where you've got yeah. to oh, no. do Oh god, oh, Press number eight, does that mean beep, 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 yeah. you
0: know, like you know, hit three times for an E. We're totally, totally giving away D.
1: our age here by reminiscing oh, yeah. about um, those phones.
0: Yes, it does it does at least put Diane in the clear in terms of maybe she's not the direct recipient of this, but someone is actually giving her this information. Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah.
0: For the right reasons. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Where do you think the dinner table is?
0: I presume that's the Formica table. Well,
1: I thought it was too, hmm. but I'm just interested to...
0: I, I, I presume that... And it, why
1: is the conversation live? Well, I think why now, now? Well, Bob's... Back.
0: Bob's back. Bob's been removed from Cooper's body and Bob's oh, back yeah. at the table. I was it made
2: sense to me. I was just thinking, wow, bitch and code, bad Coop. Yeah,
0: nice. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time uh, doing cryptic crosswords and I was trying to actually figure out was there a word or a, a, something that comes out of that uh, because it, it reads like a cryptic crossword. It totally does, yeah. Around the, around the dinner table. So normally if you have a cryptic crossword, around the means that you've you've got some word that you've broken up and put at the start and the end mm. of the word. So around the uh, dinner table, so like dinner might be meal or something like that. The conversation, so it might be chat Talked, or something, yeah. talk, chat, um, and that goes around a hidden word, and then lively then becomes the synonym for the the um, for the clue itself. Now I look, I spent half well, an hour
2: thinking about it. Might mean Blake Lively, American actress, maybe. She's, She's not Girl. on the
1: cast list. No. <laughs> no. Um, um, I think but, got no, cryptic bit.
2: crossword, man. Um, yep. Tell us, you told us during the week about all the anagrams of <laughs> <Jamie> and <laughs> Oh, my Jim. God, well, totally. Yeah, that was
0: gold. Oh, look, um, that's only because I've got, um, I'm looking after sick kids, and I'm also, excuse my voice, I'm sick at the moment as well, but I was looking at um, just a number of different versions of, just because Jamie e and Sonny Jim have such weird names, I just thought it was so bonkers that, they seem to be very, very particular names. Uh, so then I started anagramming Janie E, Sonny Jim, and I had some uh, pretty ordinary ones like Many Eyes on Jin, Enjoy James in New York, N.Y. Uh, G. New York, Joins Many. But my favourite one is He Enjoys Nine Inch Nails Jam or N-I-N Jam. He Enjoys Nine Inch Nails Jam. That's
2: awesome. That's, that's good. Best, that's my favourite. That's yeah. the best
0: one I can come up with. Sam. Um
2: Many eyes on gin isn't, isn't bad either.
0: Yeah, except it's a misspelling of gin. Gin has one J and two Ns, not two Js yes. and one N. Oh,
2: well, fuck. Close. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought I'd throw the supernatural in there as well. So, yeah. Uh, look, I'll tell you what. So
1: we're, in the full, we're with the Fusscoats.
0: At least they got that taillight fixed. $239,
1: <laughs> though. Yeah. Could have been worse.
0: Could have been the Australian with the pliers. Yes.
1: <laughs> Are there any Australians
2: that worked out what, what that meant? Is it just me? No. I just think they had a
0: bad experience with an <laughs> yeah,
2: Australian yeah. mechanic. I'm just wondering if there is some guy running around Las Vegas like know. There's just some well-known Australian. It was just pretty bloody funny though. Yeah, cars.
1: Pretty bloody funny.
0: Yeah, they they pretty much exhausted their interrogation of Dougie. It's like talking to a dog.
1: And so, Janie does the barking. And yeah,
0: so they just said, so they come up with a brilliant idea of like, oh, would you get the prints? How is that legal? Like, what, well, hang on, let's just talk this through. Who <laughs> takes the fingerprints and the DNA? of the victim in a crime. Like, what are they expecting to try and figure out from this? Like, the whole thing is... Well, because,
1: you know, he had no record prior to 1997. Like Why he are they even exist?
0: investigating that? He's the victim. He's not the perpetrator. He's not even a suspect. Well, Dude, what are you Welcome saying about the US... Exactly. What are you America saying
1: film? about the US justice system? Know, like, seriously. That doesn't make any sense. But, but we have, again, we have this another moment where you're just willing Coop to come back from mm. wherever he's gone... He's drinking his coffee, looking intently at the American flag. America, yeah. the beautiful. Australians, of America, the beautiful. Come on, which is kind of nice given we've just gone past July 4 weekend. Yep. And um, red high heel shoes.
2: He's like, I remember Audrey Horn Rocking those shoes. Dude, I time, totally remember yeah. Audrey
1: Horn rocking those shoes and I'm getting very impatient. And then he thinks it's on one of those laughing face PowerPoints. What do you call a, la- you call a laughing face? Because oh, I just draw like a little oh, picture yeah. of it. It totally oh, yeah, looks like a, pic, a little laughing a face. Oh, you don't? Well, okay. Yeah, no, I'm doing It dear, doesn't mate. look like two it,
0: eyes in a... It does. It absolutely does. Mm.
1: Okay.
0: He's seeing... Eight, I didn't, didn't I just spend a bunch of time in a PowerPoint at some <laughs> yeah. point? So I think he's starting to put it all together.
1: I know. Again, I'm getting very impatient. Oh,
2: so I'm like, mm.
1: damn you, Lynch. I mean, it's
2: going to happen, but will it happen suddenly or will it happen gradually?
1: Could It, it can't be any more gradual.
2: <laughs> That's true. But he seems to, like, it's not like he's making more and more steps forward. Like, he's, he said the word "high" six episodes ago now. I know, yeah. and, I know. And he hasn't shown a great deal more ability to do anything other than mimic, so... Yeah, he's still well, he's still we'll... stuck in first gear. Yeah,
1: so there's I guess a couple of premises. One is that he won't come out of first gear un- until there's only one coupe in this yeah. world.
2: Yeah,
1: or there is something that is able to bring him out, and it's actually going to be Cooper versus Bad Coop.
2: Yeah,
1: in the ultimate showdown.
2: Well, what about what if they go so meta? And so at the moment, Bad Coop is the total bad guy, right? and yeah. it's like we're all imagining the the big showdown there. As you say, Good Coop. Can't recover until after he's dead. So about now we're in the second half of the the season. Yeah. So about two or three episodes into this, they have that showdown, and he kills Bad Coop, and he comes back, and then there's about five just bullshit bad episodes.
1: <laughs> where they've got
2: no idea what to do next.
1: Directed by Diane Keaton, <laughs> That's right. oh, and then
2: um, and Windermere and Martell dresses like a Japanese oh, man, wow. and then we get to a finale. I
1: mean. Oh, that's just – I can't, I can't – it doesn't bear contemplation. Um, I mean, there is obviously the assumption – well, the assumption in what I had just said was that that action takes place in this world, but it could entirely happen in the Black Lodge, which is obviously where these two
0: yeah. – Yeah. Well, let's okay. segue, because the only other thing that happens in Vegas is that um, someone gets a, a tip-off to where Ike the Spike is, and without going too much, we've already heard the wrap-up from Dave. Yeah. Ike the Spike – He makes a phone call to JT. None of us know who JT is. He's saying that, look, JT, no cigar. I'm going on medical leave. He should have said, I'm going to jail because he gets arrested (laughs) about seven seconds later. And that's it for like the spike. But anyway, so segueing back from, we were talking about when are these guys, is there a time or a place where these guys are going to have a showdown or something's going to happen? It's going to, we know it's going to happen in two days time. Uh, because we've seen the message that comes from Major Briggs via Bobby Briggs. So let's talk about the whole Bobby Briggs, Major Briggs, predicting the future, yeah, hidden yeah, messages yeah. and all that sort of stuff, because I think if we're talking about when is... if we Like, we're literally looking at our watches and saying, when is this thing going to happen? We have information about when something's going to happen, because we've been given a date yeah. and a time and a location. Two dates. Yes. Even. It might be even a whole window, like like 24-hour period. Yeah, but, yeah. So talk us through... Talk us through your understanding of the whole Major Briggs, as best we can understand it, Major Briggs thing. Here you
2: go. well, what I take from it is uh, soon after Bad Coop came out of the Black Lodge uh, after the finale of season two, he's visited Major go- Major Briggs. Uh, Major Briggs has had enough time to uh, prepare his message and work out that that this is that the owls ain't the only thing that ain't what yeah, they're yeah. seeing. Yep, yep. um, Particularly since uh, he's taken that printout that we, had, that we saw from Season 2 where it says, Cooper, 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 Cooper. Yeah. And now he, he has cut a little fragment of that and now it just says, Cooper, Cooper. Yep. two and coo, Coopers,
1: Cooper, Cooper, Coo, actually. Okay,
2: so, well, there you go. Two and a half Coopers. Two and a half Coopers, yes. Um, he's got that message away. He's given, as you said, a time and a place and uh, everything else. He's and then the next day he's mysteriously been trapped in a fire. Everyone's assumed he's died. Somehow he has managed to hide out in the lodges or the purple hibernate. Hibernate, Yeah, yeah. yeah. hibernate. That's right. In the purple room or just the zone. Yeah. And he's managed to stay in hiding for a good part of the twenty-five years. But uh, he's at the same time that he got discovered by uh, Bill and Ruth.
1: And that would obviously explain why there's a body that looks like it's a body of a 42 year old. That's right. Yes, that's right. He's been high when actually, he's, had he yeah. existed, he, he would've been 72.
2: Exactly. Yeah. He's been in the non-aging lodge. Unfortunately, Cooper was in the aging Correct. lodge. Correct. Yeah. But uh, the woodsman did their did their deed. Yeah. And his what did I think Bill said the last thing he said before his head disappeared.
1: Um, Cooper. Cooper. You doing the made yeah, his last words before he floated up. Yeah. He said Cooper Cooper. Is that, that what he said?
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay. He did. Now And yeah. wow, this was not I wasn't as stunned watching this thing and I've seen the episode twice. I wasn't as stunned watching this thing as I am stunned now. Stunned now. Yeah. Because this is one of these things where there are a couple of people in the. a couple of characters in here that should have no knowledge of Cooper whatsoever. One of them is. Bill
1: Hastings. Uh, one of them,
0: Bill Hastings. Never met Cooper, doesn't know who Cooper is. Cooper, Cooper. He seems to remember him saying Cooper, Cooper. The other one is Laura Palmer herself. Laura Palmer writes in her diary, the good Cooper is in the. is in the. Well, is in the lodge. That's right. After,
1: after she'd been visited by Annie in a dream. Yeah.
0: yeah. So she doesn't know who Annie is. Correct. She's dead before Dale Cooper even turns up in right. That's so, again, this is the at least the second time someone is talking, referencing Special Agent Dale Cooper with no knowledge of who this guy even exactly. is. So if this isn't a clue, and if these threads don't start tying up, I'm going to start going a bit well, crazy. Well, I, this I mean, is why I
1: believe this episode is the one in which the threads are, getting to, are starting to tie together, because a few episodes ago we were speculating about how are they going to bring this, the Buckhorn storyline and the Twin Peaks storyline yep. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think... This is this it's through Bill Hastings. We yeah. we did think that Bill Hastings would have a pivotal role. Yeah, but we didn't see him for about five or six episodes.
2: And it makes sense that if it's uh, if Hastings and Ruth somehow discovering Briggs is what is maybe triggered, opened up the portal, allowed the woodsman to yep. um, to kill Ruth, get yep. the coordinates, yep. uh, kill Garland Briggs, remove his head. Uh, that bad cooper is still one of the agents of the of the black lodge it comes around to tie up loose ends by meld, melding their head and the body together yep. framing bill killing his wife so that yep. tying up yeah. another loose end well in a
1: couple and a few parts ago i very flippantly said you know where is ruth's body but actually given that ruth had written the coordinates on her hand yeah. whoever killed ruth has clearly got her body because that's the that's the information. That was the
0: information. Mm. Is there anyone else who's thinking that we keep talking about? Um, oh, Hastings secretary. Hastings secretary. Hastings. I think Se-
1: Hastings secretary is
0: Ruth. I think it. I think it is too. I feel like that he's using that as a cover for like he doesn't want like he doesn't want to out the fact that he's um, having an affair with Ruth Davenport. So he just refers to her like uh, even on the website. So we did, as everyone else probably did? Maybe if it's
2: time. Maybe it's time what? to go there.
0: The Search for the, 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 search zone, for the design. Design. Um On there, he says, like, oh, here's some of my occasional rants and writings that me and my
2: partner, uh, who's sort of unnamed, Heinrich uh, Weigel. His name, Heinrich Weigel.
1: Heinrich, there, yeah, so, Heinrich oh. Weigel. So
2: there is a. I, yeah. I think there's going to be a, a revelation of who Heinrich Weigel is. Yeah, I do too. Oh, is he the secretary? Possibly.
1: Oh. When I, I was wondering whether Heinrich Weigel is a nom de plume for Ruth. Mm. That's one possibility. Yeah. But what would be far more interesting is if there is a Heinrich Weigel that we get to meet.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's go back to the website for a second because I think, I feel like there, there might be people that haven't actually gone on to it. And it's it's a pretty epic uh, <laughs> bit of... <laughs> it's a nice bit of marketing. Uh, it is. It is. It's, uh, it's just got that wonderful look of late 90s uh, website back in the days of Netscape Navigator. And
1: Alta Vista. Yeah. Oh, God.
2: Um, so, so we've all gone on the, on the website. Um, there's some, a a few, a lot of the links are dead. Um, but there are the the links that do exist, take you to actual real sites that I think Mark Frost has just sourced all the, all the, uh, conspiracy theories around, Mm. but there's some amazing other things in there as well. So, um, particularly down the very bottom, um, okay, so if you have not gone on the website, pause the podcast now. Go on the website, have a look around the uh, It's once once you have come back here, we'll wait. Um, <laughs> actually, we won't. So just press pause. Just press pause. Um, yeah. But when so for those who have gone through it, there is one big little Easter egg that's right at the bottom of the page, uh, just above the privacy policy in terms of use, and they are coordinates. Yeah. Now. Two things about that. First is um, I assume you guys have clicked on yeah, the link. Yeah, totally. Yes. Um, if you haven't clicked on the link, do so. It's going to blow your mind. Um, go ahead. We'll wait. We're not going to wait. Um, it's, <laughs> you click on that, and you'd get a very, very, very fucking freaky, uh, static-filled yep. close-up of the convenience store.
1: Yeah, you do. And and the convenience store from episode from part eight. From
2: part eight. Yeah. Right. Um, now, those coordinates themselves, uh, they've been punched into Google Maps, I'm sure, by uh, by most people that uh, have a working knowledge of the various apps around. And it takes you to a place in South Dakota. Um, the name of the place has just slipped my mind for
1: a moment.
0: Is it called something like, not to be weird, it's not called something like White Rabbit or something like that. It's, uh... Oh, I've
1: forgotten. But it's maybe what we, while you're looking for it, maybe we can also talk about... Um... The last journal entry that's actually on the site. Because the last journal entry talks about portals and, uh, you know, are there events that happen which, you know, that basically allow for evil to to come into the water? Maybe I might get you, Lynchy, just to go back to that site for a second. Yeah. Just so I can quote from it. But, um, which is obviously a very nice tie back to part eight. But when you say, think of events that could have splintered time the things that could have laid the seed for a starting point for this development, perhaps technological innovations. Yes. Mm. And, of course, the natural or the assassination of President Kenny because every conspiracy theorist is going to mention that. But there are... um, And there are references to forces at work from deep dimensional space or from the future. I mean, this is basically an encapsulation of all of the things that we've been talking about for the last... About eight episodes. Yes, mm.
0: and yet seeing it on GeoCities website <laughs> makes it feel less legitimate than the fact I that we know. spent hours, hours and hours yeah. talking about this stuff. I know.
2: But no, um, I agree, I agree. Um, and it's Spearfish, South Dakota. Uh, oh, right. Place. Um, they've actually, uh, the the amazing nerds of the internet within hours of this happening, sent people out to... <laughs> wow. And so far nothing has been found. But then one enterprising soul said, well, maybe... Uh, it's going to be after the solar eclipse because yeah. of the, the message from yeah. uh, Major Briggs. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that we're... I think that Bill and Ruth were were, in the conveni- were possibly in the convenience store and the reason why... I, or a convenience store. And the reason why I say that is because Bill keeps saying that there were so many people there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we know from our having seen various versions of, the, of convenience stores... Is that it seems to be a place where people congregate. Yeah, denizens congregate.
2: Yeah, yep. and uh, with with episode eight, the the number of those woodsmen just flicking around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I keep. I, I think I said before. I've just automatically assumed. I could well be wrong, but I've assumed that it was the woodsmen that they all that they more or less summoned. Yeah, and that yep. they were the ones that yeah removed yep. heads from bodies and bodies yep. from heads. Yeah. But, but what, what we we'll know
1: is, the major didn't kill Ruth.
2: None of the the, people that we have
1: seen, none of the
0: human beings that we've seen, have have probably killed Briggs or.
1: But yeah, but obviously the greatest tragedy in all of this is that as a result of this sojourn into the zone, poor old Bill and Ruth weren't able to go to the Bahamas. I wanted to go scuba diving, and for people who don't, we talked, we talked about Matthew Lillard, who plays um, uh, who plays Bill Hastings before he has. He's also known for playing Shaggy in a live action version of Scooby Doo. <laughs> and I swear to God, he was channeling his best Shaggy in um, in delivering some of those lines. Like I think I actually wrote when he talked about scuba diving, he could very well have said Scooby diving oh, because yeah. uh, you know. Um, but Albert it perfectly said it perfectly. With one of his famous clangers, Fruitcake, anyone?
0: Yeah. Oh, look, I look. I just think that was a tour de force. Um, I saw, and we'll link to it on the website. If you go to Daveandlinch.com forward slash part nine, you can have a look. Um, I'll put up there a link where Matthew Lillard on Twitter this week basically said it's, it's the hardest he's ever worked as an actor. Yeah. He was absolutely destroyed by the end of it, and it only took two takes. Which is just phenomenal. Like it, you feel it was like an
1: amazing performance. Oh.
0: Absolutely phenomenal to think that he actually nailed that in two takes. Um, the amount of the amount of emotion, everything that went in there, just absolutely phenomenal. Like, and also goes double for the fact that he's actually acting off
2: Terry Preston, which you guys don't which rate. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's getting
2: nothing from her. He's getting nothing. Yeah. I mean, we kind of Terry Preston. She's a master. Um, even the character, she's just a master interrogator. Just so, all because we're, we're like, but what? Like, who killed it? Who who actually removed the head? And Sammy Preston didn't ask that fucking question no. herself. She was right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, she was just mm, and she just looked <laughs> looked <laughs>
1: slinky.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm just, Can you show me a picture of like this? Like I major? said, I
1: want my FBI agents like Jodie Foster.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but we kind of went a little bit off track because what we were really talking about um, was Bobby. And, oh, yeah, Bobby. And the cylinder, and mag, you know, the magic cylinder.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and I think that's probably of the plot points and of the, the lore and stuff that we probably need to address. That's probably a main one there. So there's some. Um, I mean, it's
1: the titular scene obviously. It is. This is the chair. Oh, this is the
0: chair. Opens it up. There's two triangles. There's what looks to be like a sun and a crescent moon. We've got a figure that looks like the.
1: The blob from the. The blob mother, owl. The experiment. playing card that. Well, at least it. For sure, the playing card yeah. that Bad Coop yeah. showed Daria in part two.
0: Yeah, So there's a time, two fifty-three, and there's also instructions about where you are. There's you've got to pick up dirt from Jack Rabbit's Palace and move two hundred and fifty-three paces west. And Which all that is stuff. really
1: interesting, right? Because obviously, scor- you know, there's earth that smells like scorched engine oil. Mm. That is recur- so. This is obviously. I don't know whether this is parts to. This is a place where they may actually they may find this. Yep.
2: Yeah. If it was uh, Sycamore Grove, then you would think he would would have used that, that exact name. You mean terminal. Glastonbury Grove? Glastonbury Grove. So yes. Glastonbury Grove with the Sycamore trees. The Sycamore trees, yeah. yeah. Um, he would have used that. He would have said, go there, then go to Although, to be fa-
1: Although, to be fair, um, Jack Rabbit's pa- Palace is the name that Bobby gave this place when he was a child. So, so it could messy... very well be Glastonbury Grove.
2: Yeah. Ooh. And
1: we know that Hawk has been near Glastonbury Grove this season because when he was out walking in part one or two, and talking to Margaret Lanterman, he was definitely close to Glastonbury Grove. I
0: suspect it might be a different location only because Mr. C has spent a lot of time trying to figure out these coordinates because he presumably, I mean, he came out of the Black Lodge at Glastonbury Grove, so presumably he knows where that portal is. I think the big thing is that the portal's yeah, moved the it's somewhere else. It's probably it's still in the woods of Twin Peaks. We've still got the Twin Peaks, two triangle symbols there, yeah. but it's just somewhere different. That Major Briggs, in his research and his Project Blue Book research, has figured out. Well, the signals are coming from here, and has incorporated that into. He's raised his boy to know that this is an important place. Bobby didn't understand at the time why this was an important place, but now it's becoming. He's planted that seed that has borne fruit later, which is, you know, that Jack Rabbit's place, and he knows that he would know it because it's now so we remember the things that we rehearse and that we uh storytelling. Lynchy's
2: just had a I've just had a moment. moment. So what's the I was trying to think but what's the significance of the of the date? And then yep. but, uh, so a few moments ago I said well, the the fire in which the major was supposedly killed yep. happened a few days after Cooper came out of the lodge. Yep. Yep. So if good dale has come out of the lodge exactly 25 years after he went in, yep. Yep. it makes sense that three days after
1: yeah three days
2: after that about three yeah. or four days yeah. after that um, was yeah, when cause... was when the the fire happened yeah. Um, yeah and so 20 so this will be 25 years to the day after Briggs went into the purple zone or went hibernating yeah. 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 and we zone.
1: are only talking about a matter of couple like two or three days that has elapsed yeah. since we began this season that's right yeah. so, it be it, three or four so days so yeah
2: so, so maybe uh, We've we've seen what we thought was Briggs's body Maybe Maybe something else is going to come out After 25 years
1: Other than Dougie's wedding ring Other than Dougie's wedding ring <laughs> Which <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking some, about that's that That's got some Sorry. relevance Well I've, Well it was obviously sp- Perhaps it was swapped out for the alcave ring Because Dougie was wearing an alcave ring When he was in the um, You know when he disappeared into a gold pearl Yeah Two things were left behind A pearl and the alcave ring Yeah right Okay yeah which he was wearing on his left hand.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only other thing, just because, uh, just because I love all this sort of weird occult esoteric stuff. Um, lo- just in terms of the symbolism that we've got on there, it, not even digging too deeply. You don't have to go too deep into it, but we've got two triangles. and They're both with their points up. But if you reverse one of them so that the point is down, and then push them across one another, you actually get what. Most people would recognise as the Star of David, that sort of um, yeah, yeah. star that's on the Is- mm. um, on the flag of Israel. But it's, it actually dates. That's actually a fairly recent, like maybe nineteenth century use of that symbol. It's actually something called the sign, or sorry, the Seal of Solomon, which has been used in alchemy uh, and magical workings for centuries, like even before. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, like maybe even 10th century BC. Right. Like uh, Because it represents the things that are above yeah, and yeah. the things that are below. This Again, this talking about the macrocosm and the microcosm, yeah. the male and female. Um, and again, we've got symbols there of a sun and a moon also associated in alchemy with the male and female, uh, this duality of the world. Yeah, It's unsurprising that we're seeing this kind of symbolism where we're talking about Black Lodge and White Lodge and the meeting of... The good and the evil, the yeah. dark and the light, those yeah. types of things.
1: And the only um, other thing that I was reminded of when I saw that red circle, which I, you know could be a red sun or what have you, is um, it's a counterpoint to the black spot yep. that was mm-hmm. on the envelope that must have had the um, hit orders that Duncan Todd had in his safe. In yeah, Las Vegas. yeah. Um, and that I think Ike the Spike had in his... Yes, one
2: other thing, again, going back to internet, sorry, um, an internet theory. <laughs> You're um, not sorry. No, not sorry at all. Um, someone said crescent moon or the crescent sun is the exact uh, shape that the solar eclipse. So the, the for, mm. for listeners that are listening in months or years to come, um, as we are recording this and as this season of Twin Peaks is going to wear, we're uh, only a few days away from a solar eclipse happening in a few parts of the United States and um, so in some parts of the United States it's going to be a total solar eclipse but at the ex- at the coordinates that mm. are on the search for the zone oh in my spearfish south dakota oh my God. the sun is going to look like what was wow no way yeah yeah
0: Wow, that's oh, phenomenal. Man. I mean, that that just confirms everything we're talking about. Where the sun and the moon converge, it's the masculine and feminine uh, duality of the world yeah. converging. So, yeah, wow,
2: that is... That's either awesome and just (laughs) just brilliant by David Lynch with so much planning, or it just proves that the internet can turn anything into it. Yeah, um,
0: exactly. I won't go into it now, but um, I will link on the website, com forward slash part nine. There's a great, it's a long lecture, but it's absolutely fantastic um, by a game developer by the name of Professor Brian Moriarty, and he talks about, it starts about talking about a solar eclipse and why he could have gone and seen a solar eclipse, but he never actually kind of couldn't be bothered, didn't take the time and realised he probably should have he missed an opportunity there because he's never had another opportunity to do that. But then talks about the mystery of um, why why are we transfixed by things like solar eclipse? Why is it a coincidence that the moon and the sun appear to us, even though they are different sizes and different distances away from us, why they appear about the same size when we look up in the sky and then he get and then he sort of goes on into other conspiracy yeah. theories because he talks about other mysteries like was William Shakespeare really William Shakespeare why do people spend so much time going down rabbit holes trying to solve mysteries that aren't really there why do people spend time analyzing the torah looking for mathematical combination. why do people
1: spend all the time second guessing everything that happens in twin Peaks? I know right. I know <laughs> but,
0: so it's a fantastic uh, lecture the, the lecture is called Psalm 46 uh, I won't go into many more spoilers it's a fascinating listen and I, I highly recommend it so it's Professor Brian Moriarty it's on our website com forward slash part nine
2: um Also, what I think we're going to need to put on our website is where you can get some of Jerry Horn's epic ganja. Oh oh my god, that makes him get into mortal combat. No, no, seriously, I've been wanting to
1: say this for weeks. For someone who absolutely loved the Colombian marching powder, Mm. like how is getting high on marijuana freaking him out? I know. right? It's epic Gunja. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's had
2: days now. He's just been wandering around the forest and with no food, except no, what he brought with yeah, him. Oh, hang on! I brought, I brought some food with me. Oh hang, on. oh, hang on! I'm
0: worse than I was before.
2: That's right. His his munchies are like you you can't have when you've got the munchies just going down on your hash brownies. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Just going to make it worse, Jerry. Come on. Oh,
1: just um, I, I this is a gorgeous scene. Actually, I love. I, I'm really loving what. They're doing with Jerry Horn in this season, yeah. And, and I think, and I think it, it is going to be more than more than he's he's high on his medical grade cannabis.
2: Ah, oh, okay. I thought I thought it's going to be exactly that in, in the because he's always just been that little puck sort of character, just the little trickster, yeah, and yeah, that, um, and plays off Ben very well. You know, he always appeared in season one and two or 2 and so he just come out of nowhere. Oh, Jerry's back in town. And nothing really... There were no plot points that were no,
0: really no, no, no. The He's just come back from Amsterdam with this beautiful brie sandwich. That's or right. He's That's crazy right. Yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that.
1: And I, I know so, what you mean, but I'm... Yeah. I'm I mean, Jerry at absolute craziest is, is in the woods, and we know the woods are a... The woods at Twin Peaks are a crazy place, so it's possible there might be some more... Well, place. this
0: actually ties into the other drug of choice, this sort of... Um, Chinese uh, designer drug of choice, Sparkle—I think they call it. Uh, all the kids are doing it. We've got I'm not some...
1: down on my uh, latest and greatest in drugs.
0: Oh no, no, I'm not. Talking... I don't think this is a real drug. I think this is specific to the Twin Peaks, and we've got this festy couple of girls at the Bang Bang Diner.
1: With the the sweetest, most feminine names, Ella and Chloe. Oh, well. Seriously. (laughs) Rotten teeth and a scorching case of armpit.
0: Oh, yeah, Yeah. it is. But they're on the sparkle because they're seeing zebras, they're seeing penguins. penguins. I think they're seeing flashes or hints from the lodges. Uh, There's some theories on the internet that say that whatever drugs that Red and his chump Richard Horn is pushing, this... You know, sparkle allows people to contact the influence of the Black
2: Lodge or the. Or the well, red some group people
1: or are saying that um, Red is not of this world. Well, he can he can make coins float for one thing. So. Well, and yeah. you know he's got a problem with his liver, which is not actually where one's liver would be. Um, he
0: was he was fighting with his liver the same way that Jerry Horn was fighting with his foot. Also, he's not in control of his own body.
1: <laughs> the same way that
0: Philip
2: Gerard was fighting, took his own arm off. Uh, which is where I was about to go yeah. because what is she scratching? She's scratching on her left arm. Yeah, yeah right. So, so it's Philip Gerard had the left arm. Um, it was Dougie's left arm went numb. Yep, uh, Laura had problems with her left arm yep. in firewalk with me. So the that that rash has got a lot of symbolism as well. I don't know why she got fired from the burger place. <laughs>
0: has <laughs> it not like being dubious personal Just, hygiene, maybe. Oh my yeah, maybe. god!
1: Yeah, it certainly wasn't because she was high. Oh god, that was the least of problems. Yeah, but you know, it's, again, two other wanton, misspent youths of Twin Peaks. There was a,
0: the, the, I think the difference for me is that look, maybe look. I was a teenager when the original Twin Peaks came out, and even the good, there was the good characters and the bad characters, and you had the Donnas and the Maddies of the world, but you had the Laura Palmers and Bobby Briggses and the Mikes of the world. You had all. Don't forget, James. And James. He's always cool. No, James yeah. was never cool. You uh, had all the complete spectrum of these guys, all of them absolutely 100% bangable, regardless of whether you were <laughs> male or female, whatever. They were all there in their prime, absolutely looking fantastic. There was at least some sort of sexual magnetism that was with all of the teenage people. And again, maybe because I was of their age, that became a thing. I'm looking at the current crop of the youth of Twin Peaks and they are a festy feisty, feral bunch of... <laughs> Fiends, they I are, and I
1: think it's also the passage of twenty five years in television. So I think you know, tw- network television twenty five years ago would not have been able to cope with white middle class teenagers being portrayed as skanky, dirty, <laughs> drug fiends. Yeah, well, yeah. no dr- I mean, they they took drugs, right? <coughs> like, I mean, you know, it was sort of off the back of the eighties, and I think this portrayal of people being ugly
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, was was not palatable to network television 25 years ago.
2: Well, they sure as shit are ugly. <laughs> yeah, <ugly. So laughs> are catching up on lost time. Oh, I know.
1: God. But can we talk, and it goes, but we jump here in a bit, but can we talk about, I think Albert has met his match.
2: Yeah. Oh, he might have made Albert. a match. Constance. In oh, Constance Talbot.
1: Oh, my God. Wink of the eye and doff of the cap to Constance Talbot for wow. uh, When... When Albert's indisposed, when he's indisposed, <laughs> so uh,
0: Gordon Cole and Tammy and Diane are out habit sharing a smoke between three people, which only actually gets shared between two people. And
2: while one of them just shifts endlessly <laughs> from oh. leg to leg, looking around, just... yeah. and like
1: pouting. Oh, well, you were saying, Albert's indisposed. What do really
2: you? What was he doing
0: indisposed? Was he actually just doing his professional job in there? Like, because he's the second set of eyes on a autopsy.
1: Well, I don't think he was banging Constance, but I think they were having a bit of a moment with each other.
0: I just thought he might have been trying to squeeze out a brown rose. I don't know. Oh! oh.
1: <laughs> he was in oh. It was just a polite way of saying he's, you know, he's... he's I bar- did initially think he was in the bathroom, but then I kind of thought, "Well, oh, I actually kind of want this to be more that, you know, Albert <laughs> sort of putting the moves on Constance. Yeah. yeah.
2: Also, I did love the... From, from those collection of scenes, the line from Albert of... Come what happens in season two? I know. Oh. and the reaction of David Lynch—it's like <laughs> if I don't know if I'm just projecting there, but it's what I see is David Lynch just going. I'll tell you what happens in season two—it fucking gets bad <laughs> right <laughs> midway through because network TV. And makes then it I had really to weird. come back and make yeah, it good again.
1: Right. It kind of reminded me of that—the um, season opener in season two where um, Lucy and Truman have to catch Coop up on everything that happened oh, while yes, he in been shot. Yes. We talk about Lucy and Andy and this. The chair. Yet yeah. another chair in this episode.
2: Oh, this there's is the chair. chair. In the red chair. Look, the. I mean, there's not much to say other than but it was very, very cute.
1: It was kind of cute.
2: It was nicely paced. Yeah. Like it was, it was.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, seriously, I still don't understand why my broke freak out, but. Playing on the internet and having two massive monitors does not
0: all yeah, exactly, yeah. weird out at all. If I can actually uh, just point my little magic mouse thing and furniture gets delivered to my house uh, yeah. as if by magic. This is, you know, now that we've got the permission from Wally Brando to redecorate the study, that they've yeah. got, of course, they've got, to, they've got to get a
2: chair, they've got to find, you know, get a desk. And did you, cause did you notice that Andy is very, very pro red chair? And <laughs> yes! <laughs> Lucy's very, very, very pro bay chair. Um, Lucy was wearing red, and Andy yes. was wearing beige. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty funny. Oh, each other, nice, that's nice. cute. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: just each other that they want. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know. I kind of, I do think there is, and you know, everyone says, "Oh, it's very cute," but I mean, it, there's a massive element of passive aggressive there with Lucy.
0: Oh, there's a lot going on. Like, well, once she won the argument and exactly and made yeah. him say, "Oh, Punky, you can have whatever you want," and she kind of smugly went, "Yeah, you're damn right," and then just got the red chair anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> because she could, because she
1: could. Oh, and finally, we get into it, Johnny Horn.
2: Oh, uh, poor old Johnny Horn. Yeah, poor Johnny Horn. There was the appearance of two horns. Yeah, I just, I, for a moment, I had to imagine, imagine like, you know, his mum crying and then Ben just sticks his head around and is like, Sylvia, please. <laughs> it was, so it was. But it was, it was Sylvia. Um, well, actually,
1: we had the, pretty much the whole Horn family except for mm, Audrey. Audrey.
0: Yes, it was number one. It was credited in the uh, in the credits that Sylvia, Horn, the woman that was saying Johnny,
1: Johnny, yeah, was Mary, Sylvia who out. let him out? What's going on? Like
0: all well, that um, screaming was Sylvia Horn. Uh, number two, I actually watched that scene with closed captions because I thought someone was saying Harry, why did you let him out? It was, turns out it was captioned as you know, in your square brackets Sylvia colon Mary, why did you let him out? And then it's, of course it was Sylvia um, screaming Johnny, Johnny, all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm hope well. I'm very sad that Johnny died, but I'm kind of hoping that this is the plot device that brings Audrey out.
0: Yes, this is the classic: um, the wayward child has to come back to her hometown
2: because seriously. of the funeral.
1: Yeah. I've been, I've been ba- I know, <laughs> I'm getting boring. Oh. I've been banging on about this for episodes, but like, seriously, I'm desperate.
2: Now. Maybe she's going to yeah. appear at the, at the funeral, riding on the back of Wally Brando's
1: <laughs> Harley. Wow, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wally he Brando to was bring always her back cool. To town, to pay our respects, to recently <laughs> with his brother. Yeah. Oh God. Um, well, we've talked about the horns. We've uh, we've reminisced on uh, Bobby Briggs and his. That actually, there is one that thing about Bobby Briggs. It, it was just really nice that they kept uh, referencing. The closeness of that family or the, the distance but that, that the major had faith. Yeah, had faith and he had yeah. that dream that he talked about. And
1: Bobby still runs like a 16-year-old. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I, it was really nice. What wasn't really nice is Chad in the fucking oh conference my room God. ignoring lunchroom etiquette, you, Chad. We were told we were talking about that Chad. Eating cream corn. Eating cream corn. Yeah. And eating, like, plates of things Microwave and bowls of and other things. Dinner, like, and... pick a fucking meal, Chad. There's children starving out there. Yeah, that's right.
1: But it's very clear that he is the out- he's an outsider. And I think this is very much a statement about if you're not from Twin Peaks, you are, you are on the outside. You will never be on the inside.
0: Yeah, yeah, not a lot of love from... Like, Pearl Hawke wouldn't even help him open the door.
1: Yeah. And no, and, like, uh, I was yeah. disappointed in Hawke, you know, to be
2: honest. I'm, I'm going to politely, respectfully disagree because Dale Cooper was on the inside from the start. He wasn't from Twin Peaks. He just was not an arsehole. Uh,
1: Dale Cooper was, became on the inside because he formed a special relationship with Truman.
2: Yeah, but Hawke would have opened the door from him from the start, surely.
1: I'm not so sure. Oh.
2: That's, no, harsh. Harsh. that's harsh they
1: had was... they had to establish the special relationship with truman first true but chad is a fuckhorn yeah Ch- he is <laughs> a... <laughs> he's such a chad look they basically they were like high school bullies like seriously i did feel like i was watching heathers like i mean you know <laughs> yeah
0: it was a little bit like that but you know what like if you can't fuck with chad who are you gonna fuck with exactly.
1: that's true yeah. that's true and um ben has found ben horn's found a conscience Somewhere in the last 25 years, he's found a conscience.
2: But remember, it was the end of season two where he was desperately trying to be become good. That's true. So maybe he's actually just succeeded. And uh, because we've been talking the last couple of episodes about how a bit creepy it was that he's, you know, he he's yeah, had the look at Beverly. But as it turns out, maybe that's just... He actually, you know, he he is very keen on. He's got a physical attraction to her. It clearly is reciprocated. There was
1: a very tender moment. Yeah, he's effect.
2: he's actually he's now a good enough person that he won't go there, um, even though the attraction is there. So good on you, Ben.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm, my ledger is firmly in the other column because um, I'm writing things like. Oh, um, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, 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 you and I <laughs> are in the same. Well, I was thinking still.
0: it's like, uh, where is that hum coming from? Oh my god, it seems to be coming from my pants. <laughs> No, no, I'm
1: definitely
0: not in that boat. Or, um, Beverly, this can't happen. Oh, why? Well, you're too old. You know, like I'm thinking like you know, there's a reason why You, you don't, don't
1: look, look like my daughter. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, dude, I sleep with sixteen year old girls. What
2: the hell's wrong with you?
1: Exactly. Um, you didn't work at the perfume counter at Horn's Department.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? I,
1: I mean,
0: also, I,
2: uh, Ben, your fucking son's dead.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I'm like I've written here, Does he know his son is dead? Yeah. Um which kind of suggests even me even that mean, maybe Sil- <laughs> <laughs> it's Sylvia Suggests Well, it suggests to me maybe Sylvia and Ben aren't Living together anymore because oh. that house was not the great. I mean, because they all lived in the Great Northern before, mm, and that house that's was true. not the uh, yes, true. But the uh, Beverly says, you know, after Ben sort of says, "Oh, you know, I want to, but I can't. I don't know why." Beverly says, "You're a, it's because you're a good man." I've just written, "Yeah, right." <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know nothing.
0: Nice try. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else we need to cover before we wrap it up? I've...
1: Um, I think we I think we've kind of covered everything. Yeah, I think we've caught up. But we are we're at the halfway mark now.
0: Oh God! Imagine this was a whole stitch up, and this is nothing's going to be revealed until season two. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, look, I've gone through as you know
2: in another twenty five. Wow!
1: I mean, look, as, as you know, I assiduously keep track of the the cast list, and there's still quite a few actors who have yet to make an appearance, including we've talked about Audrey, so I will not about it anymore, but um, Eddie Vedder. There, there's there's more people to come. Oh, we haven't seen um, Alicia Witt yet. Yeah, who mm-hmm. played Gersten Hayward?
0: We haven't seen. Um, we haven't Big Ed. We big haven't, Ed. Said, we big
1: haven't Ed seen Ed Big Ed exactly. So there's there's still quite a um a lot of characters for us yet to meet.
0: Look, I've got to say I'm more than halfway through the notebook that I'm making notes in. I'm
1: more than halfway through,
0: and we're only halfway through the, the series. So and that's
2: also allowing for episode eight. Just saying, what the fuck? I yes, yeah. oh, that was exactly. just seven pages of yeah. writing. Matt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: All right, very good. We should wrap it up. We Thanks sure. everyone for listening. Uh, as we say uh, in the classics, if you like this stuff, tell your friends. We love what we do, and we know that uh, you love it too. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Catch you you
1: there.
2: Bye, (laughs) Bye.
0: You've been listening to Damn Fine Commentary with Dave and Lynch. For the complete list of show notes and all the links, visit our website, DaveAndLynch.com. And if you like the show, there's two things you can do to really help us out.
1: First, tell all your friends. And second, take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference and helps other people find us.
0: Look, did we miss anything? Do you have a comment, a question or a suggestion? Drop us a line at daveandlynch at gmail.com or you can follow us on your social media of choice. We're at twitter.com slash daveandlynch, facebook.com slash daveandlynch, instagram.com slash daveandlynch.
1: (laughs) Yep, you get the picture. We're everywhere. Thanks for listening.